take a deep breath Take the higher road That's what they always say As if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself Cause life ain't just a dream You make your own So kick and scream The people will like With a never ending force You never had the chance So what you waiting for The day has come my friend Cause this is war Welcome to the Thursday edition of Nurses Out Loud with Nurse Michelle. We're going to kick off March of 2023 with a special Canadian nurse, Svetlana, from EzraHealing.com. She's been a registered nurse for 22 years with a BSN from the University of British Columbia. She has a background working in the intensive care unit and emergency services and in primary care. She has an amazing expose story to tell us about her personal journey and trials faced by a Canadian nurse. You think it's been bad here for American nurses? Wait till you hear her story. But remember, this can become America's story if we don't rise up and speak. Be sure to make America Out Loud your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories the articles, the podcasts, the videos, so we can help secure America's future. I implore all of my listeners to copy and paste links like this story you're going to hear today from America Out Loud shows and podcasts. Add them to your social media posts and stories. Yes, you have to cover up words like vaccine and COVID um, with something. You know, you can't let words get out there in the communist platforms that they're going to punish you for. So do what you have to do to make those edits that are necessary, but do what you have to do to get it out to your followers because you may be the only one sharing these stories and we all have to make truth known. One person, you can make a difference. And for now, let's get on with introducing you to Svetlana. Welcome. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you. Thank you, Nurse Michelle. It's great to be here. Thank you for providing this platform for the world. Yes, I want, as soon as I met her at the Freedom Conference in Orlando, Florida, I knew that I wanted to get her story out to my listeners so that you all could get her story out to those who's or under your circle of influence. So first, I just want you to tell me a little bit of what happened from you um, starting in 2020, because yours started out pretty fiercely. And let's hear how that happened. Yeah, sounds great. So January of 2020, I was married for approximately 19 years at that point with two small children, uh, about nine and 11. And we were on our you know yearly family holiday, and we chose to go to Asia that year. So January of 2020, I found myself on a plane from Vancouver to Hong Kong. And uh, I was sitting beside a young gentleman going to visit his family in Beijing. And we got to chit-chatting and he said, you know what, I can't go visit my mom in Beijing. And I said, well, that's strange. Why? He said, well, there's this virus that shut down the whole town. It shut down all the trains and planes. I can't get into Beijing. You know, and, and I'm a nurse and I, I deal with viruses and bacteria all the time. And I said, that is really strange. I've never heard of a virus 
shutting down an entire city. So that was truly the my initial um, point of contact with the with the start of the pandemic. And when we landed in uh, Bali, you know, we the full pandemic was on. The masks were out. The the temperature thermometers were out. There were protests already. Um, and you know, then we moved into the Philippines um, a couple months after that, and just the same. The, the intensity was wrapping up, uh, ramping up. And um, one of my family members, uh, my husband at the time, got really sick, and he ended up in the intensive care unit, fighting for his life. Um, he he got salmonella poisoning, but we really got to see an inside view of what the uh, Asian hospitals were were up against for the pandemic, and me being an intensive care nurse him being in the ICU, um, it was kind of a surreal experience. And um, we we escaped pretty much uh, Manila, Philippines, four days before the entire country shut down. And, uh, had to pay some astronomical prices from Air Canada to get out of the country back into Vancouver. So that was pretty much the start of my pandemic. And, and landing back in Canada in March, I thought, wow, thank goodness. Thank goodness we left that, that in Asia. You know, I, I really hope that doesn't, you know, spread and come to <laughs> come to so, Canada. But, you know, two days later, um, Justin Trudeau announced the start of the pandemic in Canada. So you were in Asia from January to March, and it wasn't supposed to be that long, but your husband got COVID while there. Well, it actually wasn't COVID. Um, it was it was shellfish poisoning, and it was one of the worst salmonella poisonings that somebody could ever get. But he did have an organ failure shutdown, and uh, he almost he almost did pass away. Um, but with the you know the with the interventions of higher level of care and me being a very strong patient advocate, he was uh, uh, able to survive and then and come out of it. But we, we you know it, the 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 suspect that time was COVID because. You know, everybody thought that everybody had COVID once this was announced, um, but we really had to, you know, advocate hard. No, this wasn't COVID. This was a bacterial infection. Um, but we were able to see the, the 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 protocols and precautions that the nurses and the doctors were already using in in hospitals, and it was very um, it was very intense, right? So, so your trip was extended um, longer than it should have been because of that illness, obviously. Yeah, correct. And and it was actually, he probably should have been staying in hospital longer in, in Manila, but we decided to, you know, get out of the country before it shut down for five months and the lockdowns happened. And, you know, if we hadn't left at the time that we did, um, we would have been stuck there for five months, like some of our friends who, who couldn't get out of the country in time. Wow. Okay. So then you come to your home and you're thinking, I'm in the free state of Canada, the free country of Canada. Yeah. And instead, what you're met with is Trudeau's mandate. So what happened from that point on? Yeah, correct. So it was probably the second or third week of March, probably about March 20th, when we had the formal announcement on CBC, Justin Trudeau, the uh, Prime Minister of Canada, came out and formally announced that the pandemic, the COVID-19 virus, has arrived in Canada and we need to you know, do a severe lockdown, you know, two weeks and then we should be good. Um, and the two weeks turned into, well, we're now in year three. So, you know, me being a registered nurse back in the primary care clinic in Christina Lake, British Columbia, um, you know, two days into this, we had the phones were ringing off the hook, everybody thinking 
that they had COVID and are dying because the way it was presented, it was completely fear porn to the people of Canada. And um, the same happened to you. Here. Know, everybody Pardon me? The same happened here. Fear porn is a, a very appropriate way to express it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, when people receive the message of fear, they start to hyperventilate. Okay. They start to get worried and they start to, you know, let's say breathe, um, you know, not as normal as they normally would. And, and this led people to believe they were having respiratory issues and problems because the way that Justin Trudeau and Teresa Tam presented it was this was in a respiratory condition that would attack you and possibly kill you. So that we had many people you know, thinking that they were dying and they were calling in, um, you know, basically saying, I think I have COVID. What do I do? So we had a huge influx and, you know, I did the best to manage that we could with this huge influx. And um, it was very interesting because on the second day of the announcement of the pandemic, our, uh, our doctor's clinic had a billing code all ready to go for COVID-19. Now, just to let Canadians know, um, Every family physician, you know, we have, we all have billing codes that we bill the government um, to get paid. Okay, billing codes are diagnoses. You know, we have many diag- we have thousands of diagnoses out there: hypertension, insomnia, depression, infection, uh, diabetes, etc. But there was a billing code specifically for COVID nineteen already organized in our electronic medical records, to, so the so the family physicians and any physician can bill their their medical services plan of the province of British Columbia, in this case, a billing code. And it was about $40 and slightly higher than other billing codes. So to me, this was my initial really red flag of what is going on? Why do we have a billing code so quickly? I thought this was a surprise pandemic. Um, and uh, from there, it just snowballed to the point of, um, you know, the, the lies just continue to build up. Okay, so that got you through March, getting some red flags going. You, you're married to a doctor who is a general practice doctor. So how are things being responded to a nurse and a doctor marriage going on with that? He's recovering from illness, yeah. but he's a doctor. Yeah, so we just rolled right into this, you know, high from this high stress illness right into basically the, the pandemic in our small little community of Grand Forks. BC, and we had very differing opinions on this. Um, you know, we, we, we went to, you know, school together, we lived in the same house together, we lived, you know, in the same community, we shared the same kids, but we had very differing opinions on this. And, you know, I saw Bill Gates for who he was right off the bat, I said, this guy is not for us, he does not care about, you know, the health, the government does not care about our health. Um, my husband at the time was very like, you know, let's follow the mandates. Let's, I can't wait for the vaccine to come out. There was no questioning of this. It was just like regurgitating what the college of physicians and surgeons was telling him. I wanted to look at it more critically. So this really, um, separated, uh, you know, us from, you know, an emotional standpoint and affected our marriage to the point of the following month, we were formally separated and um, this, this, you know, this impacts a lot of relationships. I know, I know the divorce rate has gone up since the pandemic because of such a differing, strong um, opinion. And um, he, in, in my opinion, you know, I, I wanted to expose the lie. And if that meant that I had to, you know, give up my formal position that I would, he was committed to the college and just, you know, accepting what the college had, uh, had told him. 
And and I I think a lot of these doctors uh, have stayed you know where they are for the money um, over the past five years as a wife of a doctor. Looking at the finances and the bank accounts, there was large sums of money that would be landing in our account, um, you know, from bonuses. Let's just say. Um, so I believe that they were buttering up the physicians from, you know, appointed a us a couple of years ago just to shut them up for such a time as this. Unbelievable. So when you're saying that he was looking to the college, and is that similar to the American Medical Association here in America that is the authority on what the doctors should say, their talking points, et cetera? Yeah, correct. So the college is basically the governing body that tells the physicians what they should and shouldn't say, what they should and shouldn't accept, what they should prescribe, what they shouldn't prescribe. For example, you know, ivermectin was okay before the pandemic, but, you know, after the pandemic started in 2020, the physicians were no longer able to prescribe it. And if they did, they were going to get fired. And we have doctors in Canada who were fired for prescribing ivermectin to sick, sick people. So the college has major tentacles in 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 healthcare and they've been you know i i say invaded by you know the pharma uh, mafia uh, for quite some time and they were just able to turn this button on and execute their plan so they have the family they have all physicians you know by by the tail and um you know i i have much respect for the physicians that stood the ground and spoke their truth and many lost their licenses um me for for one i i resigned from the College of Nurses of British Columbia approximately a year ago because I did not want to have anything to do with that criminal organization that did not stand for their patients and did not stand for the nurses of British Columbia. Okay, so let's get there. Okay, so we've got doctors being directed from the college governing body telling them what they can and can't do. That's all of a sudden changing the atmosphere. You're in a workplace. Your marriage is now in a separation in your workplace, you're being flooded with patients that are terrified and you're staying in, within that job position at that time, though. Is that what's still going on? You're still working there? Yeah. So we were both working under the same roof in the same clinic to be oh. separated. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we were, we were, we were separated for about six or seven months before October of 2021, which was a very significant month for British Columbia healthcare providers. Um, it was, you know, Adrian Dix and Bonnie Henry. Um, they were the the medical uh, leadership of British Columbia who who put out the mandate that if you were not vaccinated by October 26, 2021, you were terminated without pay. So we had about three weeks to make a you know a formal you know big decision what we wanted to do with our careers moving forward, whether take the jab. Um, and move forward in our positions or not take the job and get terminated. At that point, the vaccine were already rolled out. I was seeing a lot of, um, I was seeing a lot of uh, people getting sick and uh, to the point of paralysis in wheelchairs. And you're saying you're having to have it done by the end of October or, or else you're going to lose your job. So how did that go? Well, you know, it was never a question. I never once thought, well, maybe I should get the jab and keep my job. I thought, you know, if 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 these large organization bodies are forcing me to get uh, a jab that I know is poison and goes against everything that I stand for, which is bodily autonomy, which is you have the right to choose what you put into your body without consequences. Um, I, I there was no question. I was like, this this is a trick. 
you know, this is not this is not right. We've been indoctrinated into vaccines and now they're normalizing this vaccine. Um, so it, one week before we were terminated, and when I say we, there were approximately 4,000 nurses uh, on that day that got terminated. One week before we that date happened, Justin Trudeau took away our right to our employment insurance benefits, which you know we have paid into for you know X amount of years and really never taken it because we've always you know wanted to work and there were jobs available. So um, we were terminated without pay. There were many nurses who lost their overtime pay, uh, who lost their holiday pay, their sick time. We were ghosted. There was nothing in the media that explained why we left or why hospitals, some hospitals actually, you know, were suffering uh, with closures because there was no nurses to provide patient care at that time. It's like a violent act was exacted upon the people during a pandemic, people who need medical care during a pandemic. Supposedly their lives are in danger. Supposedly this virus is so bad that it's going to kill you and the people are going to be needing medical care. You're, you and the nurses and the doctors are that medical care. And, and the federal people, the people who are in charge, the governing authorities suddenly say, we're going to rip all these medical professionals out of your available option to have access to if they don't submit to our bully rules and get that vaccine ASAP. Yeah, correct. Just to give you an idea, you know, I lived in a small town of about 5,000 people with, you know, quite a well-functioning hospital. There were, thir- there were 30 nurses that did not take the job that were terminated from that one small community, 10 care aides, 10 LPNs and 10 RNs. That's a huge deficit for a small town. And that happened all over British Columbia. Um, just, just when we really needed, I mean, the, the healthcare system had no reserve to get rid of, you know, those many healthcare providers. I mean, so the nurses that are there now, I, I, I know are very burnt out and overworked and the patient care is not good. Um, I hear it from the families all the time. Yeah, so you can only the, it, the system. The system is crashing and burning as we speak. Um, and I mean, you know, I I think we need it to crash and completely burn to build something new and beautiful up. Yeah, that's what we're calling here in America the parallel system that is trying to be found. It is starting already. There are already options out there for people to get access medical care away from your local community. Doctors, doctors who failed them throughout the pandemic, who weren't there for them throughout the pandemic. They have found telehealth doctors, telehealth nurses, and functional medicine doctors and nurses out there that are actually being there for them anywhere in the state. doesn't matter where you are in the country you can access telehealth. Now, the the problem is, is when you need emergency care and you need um, surgeries and things like that, then you're forced back into this broken system. But we'll get there in a moment. So right now you're saying that in these small communities, losing all these nurses, and you mentioned that there were 4,000 terminated. Is that across British Columbia? Correct. Okay. So here we have- That's just one one province in Canada. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. So it's probably happening everywhere. You just spitting out the numbers of what's happening in British Columbia, where you are now, the illogicalness for those that are paying attention and aware of what's going down. There is absolutely no logic whatsoever during a pandemic where the whole world is shut down to suddenly dismiss and threaten the very people we need to take care of people during a world shutdown pandemic, right? So that it's such a big, obvious wake up call, but yet obviously many people aren't waking up. So pressure is there. They're submitting to the vaccine because they've got to feed their families. They got to pay bills. 
Yep. I, I totally understood why people took it. I, I really do. I mean, you know, many people don't have the option of not paying their mortgage. You know, this is, this was life and death for many, many people financially. So I, 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 I can empathize why people took the vaccine. I, for one, um, I, I was seeing firsthand effects of, of the vaccine and I was not going to subject myself or my children to that. Um, and, and this is where this gets really, you know, so personal for me and so invasive um, that, you know, it, this is a life mission for me because um, as the BC government rolled the mandates out, they, they then, you know, changed this mature minor rule, uh, giving 12-year-olds permission um, and autonomy and authority over their own bodies to decide their own medical interventions, including the vaccines, which they had no problem advertising in schools, on social media, and then they would put up these pop-up vaccine clinics for kids to walk into. So what I'm saying is the BC government advertised to kids 12 years and older that if they wanted the vaccine, um, which was like a cool thing to do, and you were saving your grandma, then you had full go, full green light to walk into any um, unit that had the vaccines available and, and sit down and receive one without parental consent. To me, this was the biggest line crossed. My parental rights were taken away at that time. Um, and I was separated at that time. My ex-husband, uh, Dr. Nathan Dallana, was uh, all in support of this COVID-19 vaccine, uh, telling my kids that they want to get onto an airplane and go to Disneyland, that they need the vaccine. Um, and here's me, <laughs> totally opposite and pretty much on my hands and knees, begging and pleading um, my kids not to get the vaccine. So uh, this was a very, um, you know, sensitive time for, for I know, many parents um, who were very divided on, on what they wanted to do moving forward with the vaccine or not. My personal story is I was, um, I, I refused to take my children to the COVID-19 vaccine clinic. Well, just in full disclosure, I did, you know, I did put my kids through the childhood vaccines. I, I didn't think they were dangerous. Do I regret that now? Yes, I do. Was I indoctrinated into thinking vaccines were safe and effective and essential for healthy living? Yes, I was. Do I know better now? Yes, I do. So I, I, I did everything I, a mother could possibly do to prevent this toxin from getting into my children. I lost um, a court battle. My, my ex-husband took me to court because I refused to take my children on, on multiple occasions to the vaccine clinic. Uh, he took me he, uh, to, to court in Rosalind. Uh, the judge took away my parental rights and I lost full custody of my two children. At that time, they continued to get vaccinated. Um, they, my oldest daughter, uh, after her second dose, got very, actually, sorry, after her first dose, got very, very sick. The school had called me um, to come pick her up. Uh, she could hardly walk. I took her to the doctors to get a full, you know, assessment and charting and recording this. So, you know, m my children suffered um, needlessly and, and there will be, I, I believe, a certain level that they can never get back because of this. So um, I'm, I'm currently in the process of you know, trying to get back to my children and rebuild the relationship. But we see that, you know, this is a, this is a war. And in war, families are divided. Um, and, you know, that, that's 
were the main goals of wars to divide the families and destroy communities. So, you know, we have to, you know, be aware of this. We have to be aware of what's happening uh, to try, you know, continue to, to prevent this. So it's been a really uh, long and, uh, you know, very painful journey for standing in my truth. Do I regret anything? No. Do I have a lot of pain? I, I do, but it, it really motivates me to you know, turn that pain into passion and power to say, okay, what are the solutions now? Um, and obviously we were living a lie. I, I've been living in this medical system since I was, you know, went to nursing school and I was living in this lie and I didn't even know it. So at one point it had to be exposed. The truth needed to be exposed. There were um, you know, there were sacrifices that needed to happen. And I believe everybody on the planet has had some sort of, you know, sacrificial thing that they had to give up or had to, you know, uh, renounce. And, and, you know, I, I paid a, I paid a very dear price for my truth, but, you know, th- all I can say is, I guess we were just born for a time like this to, to hold the line. Yeah. It's a huge deal to have a testimony that a marriage was lost. And not only that, but over a vaccine mandate, custody to one's own children was lost because Svetlana stood on the side of wanting to protect her children from an unnecessary vaccine that had, we already knew that the disease itself was minimal and minuscule effect on children. And here she is a skilled nurse. They have a skilled doctor for a father. No doubt if this woman had just saved her husband from a severe bacterial infection in a foreign country, Certainly she could help her children through a mild respiratory virus if they had ever gotten it. There was no need to take the risk. And she saw that there was no need to take the risk associated to all vaccines. All vaccines come with risks, even though we have blindly in the past given them to our children, trusting the system. This particular one was enough red flags out there. She knew it was experimental. She knew it was EUA and she didn't want it for her children. And because of the courts even being adversely impacted by what was going on in the world, um, she had a court go against her as a mother, which hardly ever happens, and side with the father who was going to allow the children, 12-year-old and younger children, to be able to get access to a vaccine, a medical choice without a parental, with against parental consent. It's just unbelievable that it even happened. For those that are out there listening that are awake, you know good and well how insane this sounds. Um, When we come back after the break, we're going to hear what's happened since this tragedy has happened with her and her family, and we will discuss some more impact. But as you can tell, this is a war, as she stated, that we are in a war. There's a war to expose the truth, and we're all part of it. And we've got to get these stories out there and make sure that they are known to the public. So when we come back, we will address what happened in Canada and what the future looks like for options for these nurses who've been displaced. It's time and this is These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down. 
or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to the backside of Nurses Out Loud. I hope you all got to hear how I was able to use my new Genesis Fogger at a recent virus that I had a couple of, I only was sick for about a couple of days, which wasn't a big deal for me, thank goodness. But I was concerned for a son I have in my home that has a pacemaker. The flu had harmed him at two years old and when he was 16 years old. And when he was 16, it actually caused him to go into complete heart block. And it required him to end up having a pacemaker, which means his heart wasn't going to beat appropriately without it. And his has to be used all day long since that flu episode because his heart doesn't want to beat without a machine telling it to. So whenever any virus hits my house, I'm all, I tend to worry more about him during those virus. But this time I had um, something, another solution. And I, of course, I'm always using the windows open that I'm telling people who follow me to do and make sure ventilation is happening for the sick room. But this time I had the Genesis fogger and I put it in my sick room door near the door. And I trusted that it was going to do the annihilation of any viruses that were in the air that I had in case it was something dangerous to my son to protect him and my family. And sure enough, no one else got sick. And I just was very thankful for that opportunity for that. And if you happen to have vulnerable loved ones that you want to make sure don't get viruses that may be going around, make sure you get one of these Genesis foggers for them. And as we're going in back into the story with Svetlana's family, here we have a skilled nurse uh, who's married to a doctor, a woman who had just saved her husband in a foreign country from a lethal virus, literally a lethal virus that could have killed him and nearly did kill him. And this woman was not afraid of what was what this respiratory virus was going to do for her children because she knew that there were solutions out there. She reads the nurses that were reading knew that there were solutions out there. And, you know, I'm happy to teach people who follow me on my Instagram platform at nursemichelle.rn, Michelle with one L, you know, how to use your 1% nasal iodine and oral cleanse, how to nebulize as instructed, and of course, make sure that you have the supplements. But, you know, if you have vulnerable people in your family, you can add the Genesis Fogger to your family as well. 
All you need to do is go to genesisfogger.com slash out loud. And our listeners on Nurses Out Loud can get a 15% discount um, on either the Fogger or the Atomizer. You just click the banner ad on America Out Loud, where you will see all of our sponsored partnerships at americaoutloud.com. And Svetlana may not have known about the Genesis Fogger or anything like that at that time, but that wasn't relevant at that time because it wasn't necessary at that time for her. What was relevant was that a reading nurse was informed enough to know that this vaccine, something was wrong. Something was wrong with what all was going on in the world. And her conscience was letting her know that. And she was acting on her conscience. And we want to make sure that people understand that a lot of people who said no, when she says 4,000 nurses were released from their job, that there was a reason why they did that. They were their conscience and whatever they read with their knowledge informed them of something. And I'd love Savetlana to pick up right there where we left off on that topic. So I, I really truly believe that, you know, the, the fact that we were basically coerced into taking this jab woke up our souls. As a, as a registered nurse of 20 years, I've given out hundreds and hundreds of medications. And I know every good nurse out there follows, you know, five rights of medication administration, right medicine, right person, right dose, right route. And my favorite is the right to refuse. So everybody um, who's been offered a medicine, they have the right to refuse without, you know, discrimination, segregation, harassment, um, or any consequences. So the fact that you know, here's the heroes of the pandemic, you know, working day and night tirelessly to, to help people in the hospitals and the community centers were all of a sudden, you know, went to zero heroes to zero because they didn't take a, a so-called medicine was just the most absolutely um, demoralizing and, and wrong thing to do. So it, it woke many of us up in our silos. So to, to all those healthcare providers all over the world that are listening to this, um, it's an honor to know you. It's an honor to um, to be in this, you know, war with you. And and we will we will prevail. Yes. Okay. So you were under a great deal of coercion, like everyone around the world. But the medical community, people don't realize, was under a greater amount of coercion. So a lot of people said yes to it, even though you walked away from your nursing license that could free you up to be able to practice medicine. Others, because of their mortgages and pressures, maybe single moms, who, who knows what the pressures were, um, but or pro, single providers for households, they got the vaccine. So what did you witness there in Canada as that rollout of the vaccines happened? Well, there was a great divide, you know, you're in everywhere, including your workplace, you know, people that you work for and with for, you know, five, 10 plus years, you know, as soon as this mandate came down, if you didn't get vaccinated, you were ghosted and um, segregated from your work community and uh, you know I remember having the doors you know the clinic doors locked on me basically you know don't, don't come back here you're you're a dirty unvaxxed nurse you know um, so and, and, and I know many nurses of like you know 10 20 30 40 years of nursing who who left the profession and this was not the juniors so I, I know there's a lot of the staff out there right now are very junior um, and have lost a lot of the nursing leadership uh, through this. So Canada, like America, lost a lot of the experienced nurses over this, the ones who had the experience and know it. I even had some really 
um, snarky nurses say to me, well, for every nurse that walks away because they didn't get the vaccine, we have plenty of students coming out of school. Well, all of those are like you're calling them junior nurses without the experience. So a great thing has been lost to lose uh, senior nurses. Well, and what they've done here in British Columbia is they have hired foreign trained nurses to replace us. Uh, nurses that are provide different level of care. Uh, there's language barriers. I know that there's major frustrations on the units right now working with these foreign trained nurses, a lot of medication errors. Um, so, I mean, nothing against foreign trained nurses, but I do have a major, major problem with it when you have you know perfectly good nurses ready to go back to work and they cannot because of a vaccine. And the vaccine mandates are still in place in British Columbia. They've loosened up in other places in Canada but not in BC, and they're going to come down even heavier um, in British Columbia. Is that already spoken that it's going to be getting heavier? Correct. So there's another um, uh, there's another bill, Bill 36, it's called, uh, that the BC government has put in place to further um, amalgamate uh, the different healthcare bodies and they'll probably continue with their with their mandate. So you still need to be vaccinated in order to work in British Columbia um, in the in the public system. And that's why we are, you know, moving into the private system. And um, that's a that's where Ezra Healing comes in. OK, that's wonderful. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Let, tell me some more about what you witnessed with the vaccine impact as a person who chose not to vaccinate. You had a lot of nurse friends and acquaintances getting the vaccine and harms come to came to them. You witnessed personally. Yeah, so as I was, you know, an RN in the in the primary care clinic as as a nurse seeing patients, you know, the vaccine in my community was being rolled out, um, and I had a lot of people ask me, you know, questions about the vaccine, and and you know, I would just give them my honest opinion that, you know, that there's not a lot of research out there right now, and the and the the fact that this has been rolled out so fast, I would really be very careful, and people would say, well, are you getting the vaccine? And I said, no, I'm not, I'm choosing not to get it. So we, we are seeing at that time, I was seeing people that would, you know, have conversations about it. They would go get their one, two dose and they would actually come back saying, you know, I'm having major problems. For example, we had um, a, a perfectly healthy, lovely physiotherapist um, in her late 20s uh, receive the vaccine. And um, months later, she was, uh, you know, well, actually weeks later, she was not doing well to the point of she was in a wheelchair. Um, you know, and this was this was right in our own community and uh, you know I, how do you turn a blind eye to that you know you you, you can't and 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 the, the clinicians that did turn a blind eye i will never understand um what what they saw compared to what i saw yeah so. it appears this whole mass formation psychosis appear we we've witnessed it it doesn't seem to have any logic to it how to disconnect from a person suddenly becoming paralyzed who is otherwise uh, or necessary for a wheelchair who is otherwise perfectly healthy makes no sense whatsoever. I think we really have to, you know, take a step back and really look at this. This is a big pharma mafia business strategic plan. So, you know, they created the problem, which is the COVID-19 bioweapon created in the Wuhan, you know, China lab that was launched. And then they come out with, um, oh, the savior vaccine, which is, you know, hurting, harming, injuring, and killing even more. We are in a, you're in a full on genocide and depopulation, you know, they, they've stated it. Um, but, but we have been so psychologically conditioned to just go along with the narrative uh, until there is, you know, harm and destruction. And, and here we are now, you know, we're in the crisis zone. 
right? We're, we're, this is a full-on crisis, a full-on genocide that now the government is trying to normalize. So it's it's really, you know, I think really important to take a step back and, and look at it from a higher perspective. Um, and, yeah. and, and we have all the information, the evidence is out there now that we can we can really see what. And, and then we were somewhat prophetic three years ago, Michelle, and we were able to play this tape forward. So I, I believe we're, we're exactly where we need to be. And, and this is where the new wellness paradigm system comes in. Yes. And we're, let's, let's take a moment and let people hear what you are doing um, as a option for wellness paradigm to get away from this broken system. Yeah. So, you know, back in August of 2021, when I saw um, this coming down the pike, I thought, well, this is a, this is an excellent opportunity to, you know, branch out and provide private health care because there was no winning with the public system. I was always, you know, a guru for health promotion and disease prevention. And I was never able to really execute that with my patients because, you know, the, the big pharma mafia so, you know, has so much influence and, and all they want to do is prescribe a medication. They never want to talk about exercise and, and good food and good water and sleep and plant-based medicine. So I thought, you know, I can either crawl under a rock and pretend this doesn't exist, or I can have, you know, a, a big voice in this because, you know, that, that is our influence of change is our voice. So, um, and our, and our actions, you know, what kind of solutions do we have to this problem? And I, and I really did take it personally that because I am in healthcare, I had a responsibility to, to try find solutions. So when, you know, August came around, I said, okay, well, let's, branch into private healthcare. So I started something called Ezra Wellness. And, you know, Ezra means helper. And we just wanted to be, you know, helpful in this in this crisis. And um, I wanted to be an inspiration to other healthcare providers around the country saying, hey, just because your government, you know, is saying, no, you can't practice your healthcare based on, you know, a, a toxin that they want to jab you with, that should be no reason to stop you know, your passion. And if your passion is helping people by help promoting health and empowering them, then really that's what we should be doing. So um, at that point I said, okay, well, you know, I'm, I need to move away from the college of nurses, which were putting on huge shackles on my abilities um, and, you know, step into the private sector. So really since uh, October of 2021, we're about a year and a half into Ezra wellness. And we were just waiting for the demand um, of the people to catch up. So where we're at now, um, truly, is I, I'm seeing a lot of vaccine injuries. Ezra Wellness sees a lot of vaccine injured people or people who think they might have a vaccine. What's happening is these patients have gone back to their care providers who had recommended one, two, three, four, you know, doses of uh, the jab. And they are having major, major problems in their life now. They're going back to the same care provider saying, hey, you know, I have numbness and tingling in my hands and feet. Hey, I, I have severe headaches um, or I have this rash that's not going away or, you know, I have cancer now, the amount of turbo cancers that are popping up. So they are being ghosted by their care providers. They are not being heard. So they are so they are left desperate. They are left um, with no resources. And that's when they find Ezra Wellness. And we actually listen to the people. We acknowledge that they um, most likely have a vaccine injury and we start to, you know, heal them. And I'll say 50% of healing comes when you're heard. 
Oh my goodness. What a valid point. Having been a person that's been a very complicated medical person for many years of my life, I know it because, you know, the, the sick care system that we're all acquainted with, you know, you better get your facts out within two minutes because you only have seven total. Maybe you're lucky if you get 15 and did they actually hear you? Did they minimize you? That's pre-vaccine. So that's the system that's, you know, what can I prescribe you quickly and get you on so I can get to the next patient? Sadly, that so we already had a system that was broken that was pushing people toward pharma dependence. Anyways, this has opened our eyes so much to the need for total body health and all these doctors that have been out there long before us, um, before m- many of us that are in the allopathic system even really knew what they had to offer there were solutions out there that could have helped people be well or get through illness without pharmaceutical intervention. So do you have doctors over the program or doctors within this Ezra wellness with you? We, we, you know, we do, we do have, we have physicians, uh, we have nurses, we have, you know, energy medicine uh, practitioners. And this is what I love about this project is we have uh, many diverse, healthcare professionals who are coming together and putting their brains together um, to focus on, you know, helping and healing people. And our model of care is truly a holistic one. It's not, you know, tell me one or two problems in five minutes, you know, because everything works together. And, and my focus is truly on trauma. So when I see a patient, you know, I really want to know where the root of the trauma is because trauma, emotional trauma, usually turns into a physical ailment, right? So it's a totally different approach that the patients are not used to. And and it's a truly an awakening, awakening for them, right? Where we start to heal the trauma and we start to heal the body and put the body, you know, cells back into the right frequency and start to, you know, feed it, you know, good plant-based medicine. For example, you know, ivermectin, wonderful, wonderful, you know, very harmless, but very effective medicine um, that, you know, Ezra Healing supplies. And I know there's other, you know, distributors out there and and bless your heart. Um, There are, you know, the psilocybin, which is the microdosing mushrooms for helping low mood. If you have a chronic health condition, your mood is often affected and it's low. So it's hard to, you know, have a good day sometimes. It's hard to have a good sleep sometimes. So we're really getting into, you know, supplements that when you need them that are actually effective um, and, 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 and beneficial for your body. So when I approach a patient, you know, we're focusing on trauma, we're focusing, you know, on social connection, uh, movement, I'm such a huge advocate for exercising and moving your body, you know, that boosts your immune system, like nothing else, um, you know, clean drinking water, you know, and, and, and food that's so you know, healthy, and I know, you know, it's expensive to buy healthy food, but all you can do is try your best to, you know, make the right food choices. And then at the very end, you know, when plant-based medicines or any other type of medicine that's beneficial for you, um, you know, we move into that. So the vaccine injuries are a real thing. Died suddenly are a real thing. I am walking into coffee shops and I'm seeing people literally have, you know, a stroke before me. Um, the, The healthcare system here in Canada is so um, burden that, you know, it took an hour for the ambulance to get to somebody that was unconscious, right? These are, these are normal part of our, um, you know, daily interactions, but I want to say that there's nothing normal about a genocide, right? But that's, but that's what we are in. And as healthcare providers, 
you know, the ones that are just stepping out in, in, into the truth and not asking permission from the tyrannical government to do the right thing, you know, those are, those are the heroes, you know, and, and the heroes that are really stepping forward with the vaccine injuries saying, you know what, I, I need help. Uh, like, how do we fix this? Right. So we are all coming together. This, this, the frequency and the vibration, because we are standing in our truth, and, and, you know, emitting love, we are all one. And that's what I love about this. You know, there is a silver lining on this and we're coming together as a collective and we are, you know, we're ascending into the next you know stage um, because we don't want to be dealing with, you know, evil you know, anymore. And now that we recognize that we have been living in a quite an evil society, you know, the ones that don't want to participate anymore, um, you know, just say no, enough is enough. We're going to be moving into such a beautiful, you know, heaven on earth, I believe. That is beautiful. I mean, there's going to be, we, we probably should have you back to even talk about what you mean by energy medicine, because there's a lot of terminology you're using that probably people are not used to hearing. Um, but obviously I have a, some of the pacemaker, there is an electrical charge that is always happening in our hearts that is keeping it going. And in my son's case, the electrical charge was see, you know, damaged. So therefore he had to, has to have an artificial energy given to his heart to keep it pumping. So we'll have to talk more about that. Let me ask you this, as the nurses that are pouring out of the system and into option, these 4,000 that are now not able to be employed, are they actually finding, uh, what, what are, the, are they drawing? Are all of them drawing to it? Or are they in desperate situations and they're needing to leave the country and come out into America potentially to find other options? Well, you know, we have a variety of, you know, things that the nurses that were terminated are doing. Some, some went back into private practice, right, to provide health care. Some are, went back to school, uh, maybe interior designing, you know, just completely out of healthcare because they are so basically disgusted with the healthcare system, which is understandable. We've been betrayed at the deepest of levels. You know, there's a lot of trauma that I know the nurses have sustained. So, you know, that's a difficult spot. We have nurses that are on welfare um, or, you know, almost homeless, you know, eating out of the food bank. So we have, there's a spectrum of what, you know, the nurses are doing. Some are getting back into healthcare. Some are not in Canada. Uh, historically, because we're, you know, socialist and we need to, um, or, you know, our taxes pay our healthcare. Um, people are starting to understand that if they want a quality product, they cannot depend on the government for their healthcare needs. They're going to have to invest financially to, you know, to maybe somebody else. But I think that's very empowering for, for people when they actually financially invest in themselves, they are more likely to follow um, a healthy regime because you're actually putting your own, you know, your own, your own stake on the mark. So there's a variety of things that the nurses are doing, but for example, I was just up in Edmonton at Unity Health and there was three nurses there that were terminated because they didn't get the vaccine and they've started a clinic with physicians. So we're, we're seeing these pop up more and more. And I think we're only, it's only going to be the start of good seeds that were planted. And then we're, we're, we're seeing the fruits of our labor finally. Do you think it's going to be able to work there in Canada that the practicing of Ezra wellness will be able to stay in Canada? Or do you think it's going to have to leave Canada and leave Canadians? You know, I think there'll always be space for um, organizations like Ezra Wellness, Ezra Healing or Unity. 
I think there always will because, you know, not everybody can leave communist Canada, but I know there are nurses who have no problem leaving Canada and going to find work in, in other you know parts of the world, including like Florida, for example. Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, every day is kind of like a new day. It's, it's, a, it's a movie that we're all living in, you know, the political climate is very unstable. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that politics is not going to fix our problem. Uh, we have to fix the problem for the people, by the people, um, and develop, you know, strong roots with people who are in the same alignment. And because we're building this truly for our children, you know, we're, we're, we're setting the foundation, we're setting the framework for, for our kids who, you know, would like to participate in something free and loving one day. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing to say that right now, what we're dealing with, we are not literally only fighting for the injustices that have happened because people do deserve justice. There is a justice that needs to come to those that have oppressed, who have contributed to the deaths of people by denying early treatment, who've contributed to the deaths by pushing and pressuring a vaccine on people against their conscience. There's certainly a time for justice, but uh, looking forward, there has to be a plan for how we can provide to our children a better option. Your eyes are now awake on the impact of the vaccines, even the childhood vaccines that how do we take these blindly? How do we let this many things be injected into our kids and impact their health without questioning the system or they, they don't know what they've opened up a, a Pandora's box on this COVID vaccine, because now what's happened is people are looking at all the vaccines. I think that's really important, Michelle, what you just said. Um, we do need to take a look at all the vaccines. I think we need to, you know, look at the trend of cancers, the increased rate of cancers and the increased rate of these childhood vaccines and now adulthood vaccines. You know, full disclosure, like I said before, my children have had childhood vaccines. I've actually, like 10 years ago, I ran blue clinics here in Calgary. So I'm very familiar with vaccines. Um, all I can do now is go on based on what I'm, you know, seeing and observing based on, you know, the real science and real evidence that vaccines, all vaccines are harmful and they're not needed. They are part of a business strategy for big pharma to keep us um, basically enabled in the health, in the sick care system. So I, I'm running a big campaign right now, you know, eliminate all vaccines. So we were born from the creator, uh, not to be needing something foreign in our body, which causes huge issues, cytokine storms, inflammation, cancers, injury, chronic diseases, death. So th this is a campaign of our lifetime. And what I love about, you know, starting for example, as your wellness, there will never be any vaccines. We will never, you know, be there. Will, there, there will never be an option, right? So the goal is to phase out the old pharma model where there were poisons and really into, you know, health and healing. So eliminate all vaccines, moms and dads. Um, you know, if you're listening to this and you're all at all wondering in your head, you know, should I or shouldn't I? You know, if there's something in you that's saying, you know what, I shouldn't, this is, wrong or this is harmful please listen to your gut and i have to say i am sorry for you know when you do sit there in front of the family physician and they shame you telling you that you're a bad parent because you don't get your kids vaccinated i want to say that is wrong that is that should have never been said and i'm i apologize on behalf of the healthcare community that you were subjected to that so please listen to your gut 
uh, you are the parent, you know exactly what your child needs. You're the best person to make that decision. That is a wonderful word to have people hear. Um, It takes bravery and courage to step out of something that's very familiar. What we take for granted is that um, our grandparents who you presume vaccinated may have only gotten one or two in their own lifetime, that my parents who are in their 70s may have had four in their lifetime, but were pressured regularly to get their flu vaccines and no longer do that anymore because of their knowledge now that they're ineffective. And now what people don't realize, someone like myself, who's more than half of 100, um, has uh, had probably had about 10 in my lifetime. And I never took any um, additional vaccines after the childhood vaccines. But during my children's lifetime, my kids are between the ages of 32 down to 15. They probably had a total of 15 given to them. But what people don't realize is right now today uh, in the American um, sick system, the mandated amount of vaccines that your child will have between the ages of zero and 18, wait for it, is 72. Okay, so that is what parents aren't fully aware of, that the count has changed, that the number of vaccines have changed, and they don't look at the studies. Nobody's even talking to them about the studies. Nobody's even paying attention to that. They're going to do more work to find out what kind of car seat to put their child in than they are about what's being injected into their children. And that's just a reality that we all have to come to terms with that we're guilty of and now start doing better, choosing better and making better choices. Exactly. So we, we really have to evolve as human humans, as parents, as healthcare providers, um, you know, as generational leaders for our children, we have to evolve. We have to, Take the lessons learned, hard lessons. They were hard, you guys. Um, you know, this when you're talking about the health status of our children, these are hard lessons. So we need to, you know, really, you know, be loud and proud about the solutions that we are offering and supporting each other throughout this time. Well, Nurse Savetlana, I am so thankful that you came on to te- testify to what has happened in your life, the personal impact it's had. Thank you so much from Canada, from America to you in Canada. Thank you so much, Nurse Michelle. Thankful to make the testimony of Nurse Svetlana of British Columbia, Canada, known to the world. Welcome to The Untold. She is speaking for those who do not have a voice. You can do the same. Her links to EzraHealing.com and her contact will be in the show notes at America.OutLoud.com slash Nurses Out Loud under my name, Nurse Michelle. Trouble is knocking at the doors of those trying to do good all over the world. The powers that be don't want us free. They're trying to dull our shine. But when the dust settles in, they're going to pay for their sins. Make up your mind to stand side by side with us as we drag all the lies to the tables of sacrifice. If you have a story the world needs to hear, send us an email on the Nurses Out Loud website. The day has come, my friends. We are in a war for truth. Let's make it known. It's time and then.